right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Browns Wire podcast. Felt like that little bit of intro, a little bit of a slower, a little bit of a somber pace seemed to make sense going into this Monday morning, finishing up the recording here on a Sunday evening with the Cincinnati Bengals going to the Super Bowl while the Cleveland Browns sit at home. Again, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl while the Browns sit at home. In a little bit, I will have uh, my conversation with Teron Davenport uh, from uh, ESPN's NFL Nation. He is the Tennessee Titans reporter. Uh, Teron is just knows football really, really well, uh, has an amazing fashion sense, uh, and just a really, really nice guy. So you may have heard him on ESPN radio. Uh, he's, he's on at different times to talk about the Titans, uh, but he's actually been, a kind of the primary host, uh, or, um, primary guest, uh, over the weekend at different times. So Teron is, is an up and comer, but he really knows what he's talking about. He works really hard, uh, and really, we're gonna we focus our conversation really in the Titans and the Browns, and there's a lot of similarities between the two teams. And both teams went home far earlier than they expected. And so, uh, I talked to Toronto a little bit about what that looks like, what building around Ryan Tannehill, and some of those kind of things. So, a really good conversation again with my guests. I try to be really respectful of their time and try to keep their their guest appearances with me about around 15 minutes. And so that leaves a little time for me to talk about whatever is going on uh, around the Browns or around the NFL and then jump into that conversation. So again, Teron Davenport of ESPN. He is the Tennessee Titans NFL Nation reporter for ESPN. He uh, and I had a great conversation. Respect the heck out of Teron. So really excited for you guys to hear that here kind of his thoughts on the Titans uh, as well as maybe a player from the Browns that he would steal which wasn't really a part of the the plan conversation but uh, I think it makes a lot of sense uh, for that conversation and for what the Titans need to do and try to do around Ryan Tannehill so uh, that's a great conversation but first the Cincinnati Bengals your AFC North champions are going to the Super Bowl after knocking off Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in a really exciting game. Again, we have been blessed by some great football. It's just unfortunate that your Cleveland Browns are not among the teams playing that great football. So first, related to the Browns, I think it's interesting to talk about the Bengals and the Browns and what could have been, right? So uh, in week 17 of the NFL season, the Cincinnati Bengals and Kansas City Chiefs, who just matched up in the AFC Championship game, were playing. And that game uh, came down to some interesting play calls by the Kansas City Chiefs at the end of the game. Uh, And the Bengals won the game, clinched the AFC North. Week 18 meant nothing. That is what happened in Week 17. Very simply, a player two, and and obviously we can talk about that across the NFL, but we're really talking very, very specifically, a play or two by the Kansas City Chiefs late against the Cincinnati Bengals, plays that they tend to make and, you know, those kind of things. If if those go a little bit differently, then Week 18 between the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals would have decided the AFC North, right? Now, we can talk about a ton of different things that could have happened earlier in the season. Those are all true, but late in the season is when it becomes kind of interesting to talk about, right? Like, Well, the Chiefs could have pulled that game out pretty easily, actually, and it seemed like they maybe should have won that game against Cincinnati. If they do that, then the Bengals and the Browns are playing for the division in Week 18, 
and the Browns had already whooped the Bengals, right? Already whooped the Bengals early in the season. Now, that doesn't mean we can assume anything else about Week 18. The Browns could have still lost to the Bengals, and the Bengals could be exactly where they are. Maybe not. Maybe they didn't rest their players. So many things can change, and it's the really interesting thing about football. Me bringing this up isn't really about the Browns per se. It is interesting, right? Baker Mayfield probably plays in week 18. Maybe they make the playoffs for back-to-back years. So much that's really, really interesting if the Kansas City Chiefs would have been able to knock off the Cincinnati Bengals in week 17, and there were opportunities for that to happen. Okay, that's why we can talk about it. But really, it's not about the Browns. It's about the NFL and football in general. How many little things change games, change outcomes, and in the case of the Cincinnati Bengals, change seasons. I find that stuff so fascinating when all we want to do as media, as fans, as whatever, is look at one player, or we want to look at a coach, or we want to look at a system, or we want to, whatever it is, but there are so many little nuances, right? Anthony Schwartz doesn't cut off his route in week two. Baker Mayfield maybe doesn't get hurt. Now, I'm not saying Baker Mayfield would have been much better. I'm saying we would have known that the performance we got from Baker Mayfield, if it was as bad as it was, but he was healthy, no excuses. Also, we wouldn't be dealing with the surgery, all of that, and the Browns could trade Mayfield if they want, if they could, wanted to, whatever. Or he would have stayed healthy and perhaps played really, really well like he did against Kansas City in week one, right? So many little things. Again, there are just so many details. And that's what happens when you have a game that has 22 players on the field, all the referees, the coaches, the weather, the the field at times. So many different variables play a role. And for the Cincinnati Bengals, knocking off the Kansas City Chiefs in week 17 allowed them to rest their starters uh, or most of their starters in week 18 against the Browns and set them up for a Super Bowl run. Now, obviously, no one, even Bengals fans and media, predicted the Bengals would be going to the Super Bowl right after they beat the Kansas City Chiefs and clinched the AFC North. But they did. They are. That's what's happening. And just a play or two against Kansas City in regular season could have made them play their starters in Week 18, They could have lost to the Browns. The Browns would have been the AFC North champions and had that number four seed. There were so many things that could have happened. It didn't. 11 players, all of those details, all of those variables. Now, I will say about the game, uh, a lot of times we, we feel like we have to have takeaways, right? And so I joked, we all know the Bengals did not really put a lot of energy effort and investment into the offensive line. Instead, drafted Jamar Chase to join um, Higgins to join Tyler Boyd, right? To join Joe Mixon. They just kept piling on the skill position players and the Browns have done the opposite, right? The Browns have really piled on the offensive line, the running backs. Um, obviously they thought Odell Jarvis, Donovan Peoples-Jones, they thought they had some talent there, but really haven't overly invested the way the Bengals did. They overly invested in the offensive line. And I just happened to tweet out, not really anything more than is is this what our takeaway is, right? Is is you don't need an offensive line or you don't need to invest in an offensive line? And obviously I don't believe that. I think most NFL games are won in the trenches at some level. You need some skill. 
And what was interesting is really the feedback I got, which I'm not saying is right or wrong, was no, you need an elite quarterback and they can come overcome so much, right? And I think that's the reality of the Kevin Stefanski system is, is the goal is that the quarterback doesn't have to. Now, if he had Joe Burrow, he might open the system up a little bit more. But the reality is Kevin Stefanski's system is set up so the quarterback doesn't have to overcome things. So it makes life easier on the quarterback. Nothing wrong with that at all. But the Browns don't have the weapons. The Browns in 2021 didn't have the quarterback. But it was interesting just looking at Joe Burrow's stats. Now, listen, we all watch the game. If you haven't, it's a really fun game to watch. You know, Joe Burrow didn't play great. There were times where um, he threw some balls. You know, there was one where he tried to throw it away, but uh, the Kansas City linebacker, I believe it was Bolton, that's off the top of my head, should have intercepted the ball and just kind of let it kind of, it kind of went through his arms as he was going to the ground instead of Burrow throwing it actually away. He didn't play great. 23 of 38, 250, two touchdowns, one interception. He played good. Patrick Mahomes, obviously we know two interceptions, uh, but again, 26 of 39, 275 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Those three touchdowns came, came really early in the game. It wasn't really a Joe Burrow game. The reality is that the second half was all about the Cincinnati Bengals defense uh, and their kicker, right? Like that's McPherson, McMoney, whatever they're calling him, McShooter, or again, whatever, Shooter, McPherson, whatever nickname they're going with. It really was a lot about the defense. It was a lot about their kicker. You know, Joe Mixon, there's there's a lot of things there. And Joe Burrow played well. He made the throws when he needed to. Absolutely. This isn't talking down about Joe Burrow. It was just such an interesting game because you have Burrow at 250, two, intercept, or two touchdowns, one interception. Mixon only getting 88 yards on 21 attempts. Uh, but he still got 88 yards on 21 attempts. But it really was the Cincinnati Bengals defense harassing Patrick Mahomes all over the place, right? So Hubbard had two sacks. Hendrickson had a sack and a half and chased him everywhere. Uh, the interior defensive lineman Hill had a half a sack, but they were constantly making things difficult for Patrick Mahomes leading to those sacks. Uh, Hubbard forced a fumble, two interceptions. It was a lot about the defense in the second half, right? They literally held the Kansas city chiefs to a field goal in the second half and overtime. That is impressive. And no, the offensive line is still important. But when you have a defense that can put it all together and just get after the passer, make things difficult on the Mahomes and the Allens and the Burrows of the world, it allows everything else to work itself out. Having Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Mixon, all of those guys, those kind of things make a difference. And the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. So now, folks, in just a second, I'm going to bring in Teron Davenport of ESPN. Uh, Again, uh, covers the Titans, and that is another team that thought they would be in the Super Bowl or competing for a Super Bowl or even in the AFC Championship game. Them and the Browns, both disappointing, both built in a very similar way. Uh, And so make sure you follow him, uh, T. Davenport underscore NFL. Again, ESPN's. Tennessee Titans reporter, just a real honor. Uh, I've known Teron for a few years now uh, from the NFL Combine. Uh, and again, if you uh, get to see 
the man has style. So uh, really uh, excited for you guys to get to listen in uh, to my conversation with Tehran. I'll come back to wrap it up there at the end, and uh, we will go from there. All right, folks, as promised, now bringing in Tehran Davenport of ESPN NFL Nation, Titans reporter. Uh, Tehran, how are you doing today, man? Hey, I'm doing really well. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, brother. Appreciate you coming on. So, listen, you cover the Titans now. I know you've covered the Eagles, the Ravens, the Niners. Listen, we know you know ball. Uh, and so both of the teams we cover, the Titans and the Browns, are, are unfortunately uh, not meeting their goals. They're out of the playoffs uh, with obviously the Titans having a much better season than the Browns. Uh, but in the end, losing even with that number one seed. And so here on the Browns Wire podcast, we like to go four down territory because uh, our guests are great and we want to make sure uh, we talk about some important things, uh, but do so in an efficient manner. So uh, first down here, listen, uh, the Browns and the Titans seem to be built similarly. When you look at those two teams, what are some of the similarities you see? And maybe are there any differences you see in, in how those two teams have tried to build themselves into Super Bowl contenders? Well, I'd say there's, <clears throat> excuse me, an assortment of similarities. I think it starts with, as you mentioned, the way that these teams are built. Uh, both of these teams, offensively, they are really dependent upon the run, and that's primarily because of the guy that they have pulling the trigger at quarterback. And I, I think when you look at Baker Mayfield, you look at Ryan Tannehill, these are guys that you don't want throwing the football, you know, 35 <laughs> to 40 times. You want them to, to work play action, and you want to give them – a bit easier reads and those type of things. So they're similar there. And then just in, in the volume of running plays that, that both of these teams use, I think when you look at the two-headed monster there with Chubb, it, you know, uh, he, he's one of the best running backs in the league, you know, and, and he's someone that really uh, does an excellent job of, of getting yards per, per carry. And then you, you match that with what the Titans do with, with Derrick Henry, and you, you see a lot of similarities there. So – I think those are, are pretty much the main things that I look at that, that are similar, but there are some other things just as far as are these teams just making attempts to make everything around the quarterback as kosher as possible, and they still uh, fill up short. Yeah, absolutely. And I know the Titans, you know, this year, uh, they had A.J. Brown, they had Corey Davis, let Corey Davis go in free agency, brought in Julio Jones kind of to be that 1B uh, to AJ Brown, uh, whether it was injuries or whatever, it didn't seem like it, the addition of Julio Jones, who's been great, uh, throughout his career, but had some injury issues and everything else didn't seem to really take the offense to that next level. You're there every day. You're watching the games. You're watching practices at times. You're seeing all of those kind of things. Uh, what was it about the Julio Jones addition that just wasn't enough for the Titans this year on their offense? Yeah, I think really the big part of it was just the hamstring that he suffered, he was out for most of training camp, so that hampered their ability to get on the same page. And Ryan Tannehill was very much of a trust type of guy. He's someone where, like I said, he's a trust quarterback. So what I mean by that is he has to have that feel for you and that, that belief that you're going to be where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to. And uh, that's really what makes him throw the ball to a lot of these receivers and that's something that, that hindered uh, the relationship with Corey Davis initially. And then last year, 2020, 
they were able to have a, a pretty good connection. And it was just because they worked at it. I think that's something that they're running into with Julio Jones is that they didn't have enough time to really build that chemistry and that relationship as necessary. And you didn't really see that start to blossom until the end of the, the season, specifically that Texans game. And, and I think that was the big problem, just the hamstring and him being out and them not being able to get that chemistry developed that's necessary. And that's really interesting. You talk about that, you know, Baker Mayfield, uh, had Odell Beckham Jr. coming off his injury last year, really never seemed to get on the same page. Uh, obviously, that ended far differently uh, than Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones's experience uh, together this year with OBJ being uh, released out in Los Angeles. And we know what's going on there uh, where maybe you don't have that same kind of, like you talked about, that uh, trusted kind of quarterback. You have Matthew Stafford who seems to just unleash the ball and and – Everything seems to be working out pretty well there. Obviously, Cooper Cup uh, really is the number one receiver. OBJ is able to do a little bit uh, of very specific things and score some touchdowns. Uh, and and maybe that that looks good for the Titans moving forward. Uh, we have Teron Davenport of uh, ESPN NFL Nation, the Titans reporter, on with us going into second down. And and really, second down is a very difficult question uh, because it's really asking you to predict the future. Uh, and, it, and it's one that I'm sure Titans fans, uh, the media, and kind of the conversation is. Uh, with Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback, can the Tennessee Titans make or win a Super Bowl? And if you think the answer is yes, how do you see that happening? The only way that could happen is if they make everything around Ryan Tannehill perfect. And that's tough to do, you know, from a personnel standpoint. So I, I think the answer is possibly, but, you know, again, it goes back to what I said. You, you need to have everything around him as good as possible. And I think what they would have to do is get some type of major threat at tight end to to really – take the offense to the next level. But, I mean, when you have a game-managing quarterback, that game-manager can't turn the football over. And and that's something that Tannehill uh, did habitually this past season to the tune of his second-highest interception total in his career. And that that, that can't happen. So, for me, I, I'm going to say no to that one. But, um, you know, the only way that they could even think about doing that is, is just loading up on personnel. I gotcha. Yeah. And that's, you know, from the outside looking in with Derrick Henry and obviously the two wide receivers we talked about, uh, a seam splitting tight end seems to be kind of that perfect fit. Obviously, we know Dallas yeah. came to Cleveland a couple of years ago. So uh, offensive line will always be important in the NFL. Um, listen, you know, ball, when you look at a quarterback who's been in the league as long as Ryan Tannehill has been, you know, those turnovers seem to just be consistent. Like you talked about it being habitual. Do you feel like that's something based on everything you've seen and from Tannehill and also just kind of knowledge of the league? Is that something you think can change that he can really kind of reduce those turnovers? Or do you feel like that is just something at this point in time? He's not a rookie. He's not a second year guy. This is kind of who he is when it comes to turning the ball over. Well, it's confusing because the two years before he had uh, combined, he had less interceptions than he had this season. So it's been habitual this season, but not overall. And you just have to go back and look at it and try to figure out if he was pressing too much, 
there were some where guys didn't run their routes correctly or, or with the right amount of uh, intensity and that, that harm thing. So I, I think it can be changed, but it's just a matter of having a coordinator, you know, that is really able to overcome the shortcomings at quarterback. And that's why you, you look at the 49ers and, and that's what they do. You, they're able to overcome Jimmy Garoppolo and still be productive and win. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great example of the four quarterbacks left. One of these things is not like the other, the other, but for both the Browns and the Titans, at least based on who they currently are trying to build around, there's almost a sense that can their quarterback and can their offensive system and their scheme, and you, you hit the nail on the head, there's so many little details, right? There's receivers running the right routes. Uh, there's how the coordinator is calling the game. And then obviously there's how the quarterback is handling uh, the pressure. And so Tannehill and the Titans, the pressure was a little ramped up this year, and maybe that got to him trying to force things a little much. Obviously, relationship with Julio Jones wasn't exactly, didn't have the time to really develop those kind of things. Um, but Jimmy Garoppolo is the example for some of these maybe game manager type uh, organizations to say, how do we surround this guy? If not, it's kind of blow it up and and try to figure it out in another way, which we both know is easier said than done in the NFL uh, with the way the game is going at this point in time. So uh, it sounds like at least currently Ryan Tannehill unlikely uh, based on your experience and your opinion uh, to make or win the Super Bowl. Unfortunately with Tennessee, unless they, they make it perfect around him. And again, good GMs, good front office, good coaching staffs can do that. Uh, It just is a lot more difficult than when you have aliens like, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes playing the quarterback position who can make the game so much easier for the rest of their team, right? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Those guys are able to elevate the game of of other players on the team. And I think when you have a guy that's a game manager, again, you you can't turn the football over. Like You can't can't do those things, and, and that's how you lose. Absolutely. So again, Teron Davenport of ESPN NFL Nation Titans reporter going to third down here. What is the sense that you get in and around kind of the Titans organization and even maybe the fan base is the mentality there really this is Super Bowl or bust. We we have to put kind of our chips on the table. We got to really push it in based on everything that we have with with Henry, with Brown, with Jones. Uh, all of that kind of stuff. Is that the mentality of the organization and the fans around them? Or is it a little bit more patient down there in Tennessee? Because I know in Cleveland, there the expectations are, if you're good, you better be in the Super Bowl. Uh, and those expectations are pretty high. What is it like in the organization and then around kind of that fan base? Yeah, it is Super Bowl or bust. And that's why everybody is so disappointed with the loss last Saturday, because they felt it was a golden opportunity. The Super Bowl was set to run through Nashville, and here it is. They squandered that opportunity away, and there's a lot of disappointment there. And when you look at a team that has been to an AFC championship game, won back-to-back division titles, and has made the playoffs three consecutive years, that is what should be the goal because that's the next step. So there's a lot of disappointment. As there probably should be. Listen, number one seed, uh, like you said, everything should have come through Tennessee uh, and it didn't happen. And it didn't happen very, very quickly, as opposed to maybe being bounced in the AFC championship game uh, in a close fought game, those kind of things. 
Uh, but again, Ryan Tannehill, a game manager quarterback, cannot turn the ball over. And so, um, you know, again, Cleveland saw that with Baker Mayfield. Uh, weirdly enough, the Browns were a few plays away. If, if Kansas City beats Cincinnati, the last game of the season actually is for the AFC North, right? They're, they're, it's so close to happening, even despite Baker Mayfield playing terrible. Uh, and so, you know, two similar quarterbacks. Uh, Tannehill obviously had a much better season uh, uh, in 2021. Uh, but again, two players that the team has to try to figure out how to build around. So, um, you know, going into fourth down and uh, trying going over into kind of the off season again, it's a little earlier than both of us kind of expected. I know I feel like I'm behind in draft process because I was expecting to kind of be in the playoff process for a little bit longer. But as you look, uh, I don't, to be honest, don't know the Titans cap situation. I know it can be so flexible in the NFL. You can get rid of players and bring players in and those kind of things. Um, but we also have the draft coming up. So whether it's in free agency or in the draft, is there any players or positions? I know you talked about tight end a little bit, but are there players or positions that you're really looking at as if the Titans can do this and or this, you really see them being able to take kind of that next step forward uh, in 2022? Yeah, the tight end position is one that they can look to the draft. You got guys like Trey McBride, uh, Pierce out of Cincinnati. They're interesting players, but, but I'm not sure they'll be there uh, you know, when the Titans pick on day two, which is the third round, they don't have a second round pick. Now, if they can move down and manufacture a second round pick and also, uh, you know, a later first round pick, then one of those guys could be in play there. But I, I think really the, the best thing for them to do is, is sign David Njoku. Uh, I think he would be a good option for for that team. Uh, obviously, a lot of uh, disappointment there in Cleveland, but I think he's someone that could come in and, and fit what the, the Titans would like to do on offense and have them get back to some of the things that they did with, with John o. Smith in the past. So that's a move. Depth along the offensive line. They definitely are going to need a a slot receiver. A guy like Jahan Dotson out of Penn State mm. is, is a really good fit. But they like bigger guys, so that's where you put in someone like Traylon Burks. But the reason why I like uh, Dotson for them is because he's someone that could also help out in the return game, and they need that because they haven't had a, a return for a touchdown since the season opener in 2018. Oh, wow. That is a good callback. And, folks, we didn't plan this, uh, but David Njoku, obviously the Cleveland Browns tight end, very young when he was drafted, still very young. He's talked about wanting to stay in Cleveland, uh, but uh, an amazing athlete, uh, sometimes struggled with drops at times. Uh, and then obviously just some general consistency has had some really explosive games. Uh, then Teron just talked about a few of the guys, uh, in the draft. I, I really like McBride a lot. Um, free agency can be really interesting. If Njoku really, uh, it may not be a bidding war, but that can be a really interesting, uh, target for the Titans. And then, uh, Dotson, I love his route running. Uh, he's someone mm -hmm. who's going to be consistent. You talked about Tannehill wanting to be or he's that kind of trust quarterback. Dotson is going to be where you expect him to be pretty much all the time. Uh, or then you're looking at Burks, who uh, obviously comparing someone to Debo Samuel right now is is in vogue, but he does kind of have that size um, that can really be impactful as well. And so just adding those two players would, you know, Njoku in free agency and, and then one of those guys at, at wide receiver really could kind of take that offense to the next level. 
Uh, and then you never have enough offensive linemen, defensive linemen, any of those kind of things. Jeffrey Simmons coming to his own really as kind of that stud uh, on that defensive line that really is a difference maker. So uh, a lot of things to celebrate, uh, a lot of things to be excited about around the Titans. Unfortunately, with Ryan Tannehill, got to make that offense perfect. Got to get him to try, you know, bring down those turnovers uh, that he struggled with last season. So. Teron, I really appreciate you taking some time with me today. Again, Teron Davenport, you can get a hold of him on Twitter at tdavenport underscore NFL. And again, ESPN NFL Nation Titans reporter. Check him out all offseason as the Browns hope to get where the Titans are and the Titans and Browns hope to get to where the Bengals and Chiefs are. Teron, thanks for coming on today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, folks, I, I hope you enjoyed hearing from Teron about the Titans and what what it feels like there around that organization. Uh, his thoughts about Tannehill, right, just, just very honest and just being real, right? How difficult it is to build around a non-elite quarterback that can be so difficult, right? He talked about making it perfect, the reality for the Browns is can Baker Mayfield be better than Ryan Tannehill? I believe he can be. The real question is, can he be elite? Can he raise the ships, right? I've talked about tier one, tier two, and tier three uh, multiple times. First uh, of the 2.0 Browns Wire podcast that we we're posting, right? He may not be able to be that tier three that raised the ships, but can be enough that maybe it doesn't have to be perfect around him. The reality is, much like Ryan Tannehill and the Titans, the Browns are in a position that if it's not Baker Mayfield, there isn't a simple other option to find that elite quarterback. Even a player like Josh Allen took a while to develop. And the Browns, the rest of the Browns roster, outside of wide receiver, outside of some defensive line, is as close to perfect as you're going to get. So they can't wait to develop. It's either Baker Mayfield or it's trading for a veteran that is certainly better than Baker Mayfield. Again, thank you for Teron Davenport of ESPN, the Titans NFL Nation reporter for coming on. Uh, love talking to him. Love talking to people who, who just know ball, right? So I uh, got some other people on the docket for us here on the Browns Wire podcast. As always, if you want to get a hold of me, at Jared K. Mueller. That's at J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Get a hold of me on Twitter. Again, everything up at the Browns Wire. Make sure you're checking everything out there as we get into the off season. And as always, take care of yourself. Take care of others. And go Browns. <laughs>